1: Entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined as always by Anshu Khanna. Anshu, how you feeling this week coming off of week four?
0: Josh, doing okay. Probably had my worst gambling weekend ever, but other than that, it's going really good. How about you? Oh, boy.
1: I know you were looking at Sportsbook.com for those lines, and as was uh, I. Um, I would say that uh, the gambling wasn't the best weekend I've ever had, but my um, fantasy was okay. So it's good when you can right. at least hedge it with that. So uh, looking forward to a. Big matchup against my friend Anshu this week. Uh good luck to oh. you, my friend. But uh yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend.
0: Absolutely. Should be a good I don't have much confidence in my squad, but it should be good. Your your team is a, a wagon right now, so it's uh you're you're buoyed by some really quality talent, especially at running back and uh yeah, got my hands full here. Yeah, Especially I mean, I would say that season. most
1: wagons uh, break down after a short time, and I think that it will eventually happen, uh, as it has in years past, but we'll get through it, my friend. That's why we play in more than one league. That's why we use more than one platform, um, but we are going to change things up a little bit. The last few weeks, we've done two shows. We've done a recap show and a preview show. Uh, this week... We're going to do kind of both in one. We're not going to go through every game that happened this past weekend. We're going to kind of look at it by division and talk about some of the main storylines from from the previous week. And uh, obviously since it's coming out a little bit later in the week, a lot of those storylines are starting to materialize going into week five. So with that, you, what do you say we react to some of the things that transpired in week four? Yeah, Let's do it, buddy. So let's start with the AFC East. Uh, I think the main storyline here was we had a battle of two undefeated teams with Buffalo and New England. Uh, There was a big hit in this game that took Josh Allen out. In comes Matt Barkley. He throws an interception on the last-ditch hope for the Buffalo Bills. They end up falling in a close one, 16-10. Uh, but New England, this is Tom Brady's worst game, I think, maybe of his career that he actually ended up being the winning quarterback in. Uh, what do you wow. take away from this game? Obviously, really, the, the, the kind of afterthought in the AFC East was the Miami Dolphins uh, with yeah. another clunker and the New York Jets coming off a bye, hoping to get Sam Darnold back. But the real storyline here was this, uh, this matchup of undefeateds.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the takeaway has to be the bills defense and how real they seemed after the first three weeks, you know, there was some talk that maybe the bills haven't played anybody. They had the jets giants and Bengals. Um, obviously the Bengals almost beat them in week three at home at Buffalo. Um, so to get in new England at home and do what they did to this new England offense that had been, you know, just an absolute beast through three weeks is very impressive. I think the bills put the league on notice, um, you know, Josh Allen, as always, very erratic. I mean, three picks, no touchdowns. The two quarterbacks combined for barely over 300 yards and four interceptions. Um, and if you include Matt Barkley in there, it was five interceptions, five sacks. I mean, it was it was an ugly game, but I think that's a real testament to both defenses, specifically the Bills, to me, to do that to this team is very, very impressive. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the Bills are a team to watch, certainly, in the AFC playoff picture, especially with how wide open it looks right now.
1: Yeah, I mean the Bills definitely look for real especially like you said on that defensive side of the ball. It's going to be interesting to see if Josh Allen does miss any time. I mean, he's definitely been a capable starting quarterback this year and when you have a de- defense behind you like they do, you can you can win a lot of games that you probably shouldn't based on what your offense puts out on the field, but this team does have some talent and uh you know, most of it's on the defensive side of the ball and if you're able to do that to the New England Patriots and and really almost come away with this game, Uh, you'll be a team to be reckoned with in an AFC that has a lot to figure out so far this year. Uh, So that was the real storyline from the AFC East. Moving over to the NFC East, uh, you know, Dallas, I think Dallas falling to New Orleans on Sunday Night Football was probably the biggest storyline here. Uh, Kind of bookended, if you think about it, by that Philadelphia Eagles win, which is also a very big win. Uh, So it kind of, it kind of makes things interesting in this NFC East. The Giants end up putting a whooping on the Washington Redskins, the first we saw out of Dwayne Haskins. So there's a lot to unpack there. But what's the one takeaway here from this weekend? Is it, is it more important to you that Philly was able to beat an undefeated Green Bay or that Dallas goes down on the road to a kind of under, undermanned uh, New Orleans Saints team in a, in a kind of a defensive struggle?
0: Uh, I think it's the latter, to be honest. I mean, we're not really sure what the Packers and Eagles are yet. I think that we think both those teams are probably pretty good. And the Eagles, you know, not a huge surprise. Maybe it's just because it's been so long now since that game was played. But, um, you know, to me, the Cowboys looked like a team that was maybe the favorite in the conference and to go on the road, like you said, an undermanned team. New Orleans had been, we talked about it last week, one of the worst in the league against quarterbacks, if not the worst, especially from a fantasy perspective. To look that way against the Cowboys I thought was was not good for Kellen Moore, and now the Cowboys have the Packers this week in Jerry World. Um, without Tyron Smith it looks like, while well, the Packers won't have Devontae Adams. so uh, I think that that's really interesting, but the Cowboys not looking like the team – you Know, we thought they might run in or turn into, um, was my big takeaway, at least for this week. We'll see what they continue to look like over the next few,
1: yeah. And that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott coming off of a bad game. The other running back, the big time running back in this division, is Saquon Barkley. And it's at least worth mentioning that Saquon could be ahead of schedule, he's hoping to get back. In Week Six, uh, it mm. remains to be seen if that will actually happen. But uh, looks like, if nothing else, he's ahead of schedule in the Giants. Even though it's against the lowly Redskins, do get a big win uh, in that game. So uh, this is an interesting division. This is going to be one to watch as the season moves along. Um, but we at are at least going... for three of
0: them. Yeah, at so, least for four of them. Just, the Redskins. Cool. It's
1: just going to be interesting to see how long Jay Gruden can postpone who he's going to name the starting quarterback week in <laughs> week out. I mean, it's crazy. It, it, what do you like? You're going to wait till Sunday before the game and you've got three guys potentially that could be started for this team. It's that, that, that to me, I mean, I, I, I it'll be funny to see if he's the, the, the first coach to be fired that, that I would, I would guess that he should be, unless it's Zach Taylor. Uh, it would be,
0: yeah, right. It would be a good time to do it just because they're going to play new England. They're double digit touchdown uh, underdogs, which we'll get to in a little bit, but then they have Miami and then San Francisco at home. Those are actually like, Semi-winnable games. I think I know that San Francisco's undefeated, but you wouldn't say that that's an automatic loss. So, um, you know, I, I think if you're going to make a change, this might be the time to do it. If you're Washington, but then again, everything they do is without logic. So I, I have no idea what they're thinking.
1: Fair point. All right, moving on to the AFC North. Uh, I think the the storyline here this weekend was. It had nothing to do with the Cincinnati Bengals laying an egg on Monday night. It had everything to do with the Browns getting back to even with Baltimore on the road. Baker Mayfield plays uh, probably his best game of the season. I would say definitely his best game of the season. And he does it really without Odell Beckham playing much of a role here. What did you see out of uh, Cleveland that impressed you this past weekend?
0: I mean, everything. Like, I mean, I was so impressed with them going into Baltimore and winning. Like, I, I had Baltimore's defense in multiple fantasy leagues. I, I thought that the, that the Browns would have a ton of trouble. I considered using the Ravens as a survivor pick. That's how different these two teams' directions were. But, you know, when you have divisional games, you never really know. And, I just like this is the Browns team that their fans thought they were getting, you know, and I mean, they just clicked on every level, except for, as you mentioned, the Beckham level, but you know, Nick Chubb breaks off that huge 88 yarder and that was obviously the difference that put the game away. But until that point, it was, it was pretty evenly matched. I think that's a testament to the Browns to be able to just hang with what looked like, you know, maybe, maybe not the class of the AFC, but certainly a team that looks like a contender. So um, the Browns put themselves right back in it, and I know it's an annoying thing that you've probably heard all week. But the Browns are now tied. If not, I believe they, by tiebreaker they're in first. They are, in their division. Yeah,
1: they are in first place for the first time since I want to say it was like 2014, or I, I could be wrong on that. Sorry. It might have been 2016, but it's
0: been a while since they've
1: been in first place. Uh, with that being said, my dumpster fire of the week would be the Cincinnati Bengals and what they did on Monday night. And you know, it, it, it's at this point. You know we know what the Bengals are, and I think that it was difficult to figure that out because of how well they played not only on in week one against Seattle on the road but also in Buffalo, like you mentioned on the road. They did a good job of coming back in both of those games and making it interesting. Very well could be sitting at two and two right now, but the offensive line giving up eight sacks i mean. It's going to get uglier and uglier for Andy Dalton. Cordy Glenn, not practicing at all this week. He's dealing with this concussion that just won't go away. Uh, And and things just look very bleak for Andy Dalton and company in Cincinnati. They lose John Ross, who goes to the IR with a shoulder injury. And A.J. Green, we just don't know when we're going to get him back. So my dumpster fire has to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. This is their own fault for not paying guys like Andrew Whitworth, who – I was always a big fan of, you know, they let let Kevin Zeitler go amongst others. Uh, It's it's coming back to haunt them at this point, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I so this game clearly snowballed on them because I thought, first of all, early in this game, the Bengals, I thought, dominated the game, honestly. And it's weird to say that for a team that lost twenty seven to three until the fight. Like the fumble, they're they're in the red zone. First of all, they should have scored a touchdown on the first drive. Eifert drops that pass. I mean it was a little over his, his hands, but he should have caught it. Second drive, they're inside the red zone again. They're looking at you know, this potentially could have been a fourteen nothing game. And then you're it's a completely different story. And then even Mike Tomlin himself admitted like this was a gimmick offense that Pittsburgh ran. Tons of Jalen Samuels as as the um you know, the, the wildcat quarterback and all these tap passes because Mason Rudolph couldn't drive the ball down the field. It was just a game that clearly got away from Cincinnati. And um, you know, that's, I think that's a testament to the Steelers, unfortunately. And, and, you know, and uh, a negative against Zach Taylor, this is a game that he had kind of in hand. And, and I feel like that's kind of been a pattern with the Bengals. I don't put them in the group with those really, really bad teams like Miami and Washington. I, I just don't. But I think that, you know, there are clearly growing pains with this team and the offensive line is doing them absolutely no favors to your point. So um, just a game that really got away from them, similar to how the the Niners game went, I think in some ways just the opposite side of the ball. But um, you know, I totally understand your frustration as a Bengals fan and you know, things don't look great. I think that Auden Tate is going to be a really interesting player to be looking at here going forward though, with John Ross's injury.
1: I noticed that you think that, and you know I'm a big fan of his, so uh, <laughs> i Alton Tate's my guy. Um, moving All on right. to the NFC North, we already did touch on your Green Bay Packers and what they did this past week, so we won't belabor that point. But the Bears obviously losing Mitch Trubisky. Uh, he has a non-throwing shoulder injury, uh, but they still end up really just Minnesota could not get anything going on the offensive side of the ball this past weekend. Detroit looks good uh, against the Chiefs. I don't think anybody saw that coming. This Detroit team, maybe a little bit more of a contender this year than we thought. But uh, I think the story here is, you know, what's going on with Kirk cousins. I mean, that, that would be the, my takeaway from this weekend from that, from this division.
0: For sure. I mean, this division record wise is the best in football. I don't know that there are, there you know there isn't I don't know if there's like a true Super Bowl contender in the mix at least not as of today but um you know the Vikings after week one looked like a team that could really be that and they yeah, like the, the Stefan Diggs isn't talking to the media for two weeks today. hot Really big time rumors that he's not even a he's not practicing. That's not a rumor. That's a fact. And b the thought is it might be because he might be on his way out of Minnesota, which would be very very interesting. Um, you know you have Kirk Cousins publicly apologizing to Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen complaining like when you have Adam Thielen complaining about your play calling, you've got real issues. I think so. Um, you know the Vikings are obviously on the way down. The Bears without Trubisky, no one knows what's going on there. Real on Smith doesn't play with a weird personal issue that, you know, no one's letting on about what might be going on there. And then you're right that the lions looked really good and very much hung in there with the chiefs and probably should have won that game, two turnovers inside the five yard line for the lions. Otherwise, you know, they probably win that and they're three Oh and one, which would be interesting. So going to be a really a, a true battle in this division. The Lions go to Green Bay, not this week, but next. And that's going to be, you know, a potentially a season tilter. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know if you can take anything away yet, except for maybe the Vikings are not the team we thought they might be.
1: Yeah, and it's going to come down to Kirk Cousins figuring things out. He sure has. And I've, I've been on Twitter just reading the hilarious uh, tweets about wanting Case Keenum back, and we've seen what he's done the last two weeks. So I, Minnesota fans are just not happy right now, and mm-hmm. for good reason. Uh, Very it's, it's, high hopes. Very yeah, high
0: hopes, they definitely
1: goodness. did. As did Houston Texans fans, and I think those were shattered. And you look at this, uh, you know, when you look at the AFC South, they're kind of the tale of two stories for each of the two teams or two of the four teams on each side. Houston – Indianapolis very disappointing this week. Jacksonville, Tennessee, leaving pretty happy. And Gardner Minshew once again, Minshew mania is getting out of control. I mean, if he's not the story in this division this week, it's probably Houston Texans and having almost as bad of an offensive line as the, the the Cincinnati Bengals. But those are my two takeaways. Did you see anything else here that uh, was an eye opener?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that those other two teams basically broke a lot of survivor pools. I know one of my survivor picks went down in flames with the Atlanta Falcons, who I will swear off forever. Those you yeah. just can't <laughs> trust that team at all. My God, they are such a bunch of chokers. But, you know, credit to the Titans, your your buddy DJ, your brother DJ's team. And, and you know, like they're just so rock solid when they try to be but they're so difficult to trust, too. Um, I, I just, like, we talked about this division. We've talked about them every week and how unpredictable it is. It's just there for the taking for the Texans. They're playing a Carolina team without Cam Newton, with Kyle Allen there. Kyle Allen fumbles, I believe, three times in this game. And, you know, they're not able to do anything with it, and they still lose. Like, I still feel like the Texans clearly have the most talent in this division, but I'm not sure that that's enough to overcome Bill O'Brien and, you know, what, as you mentioned, just a woeful offensive line, even with the addition of Laramie Tunsil. So going to be a brutal, you know, from a fantasy perspective, DeAndre Hopkins isn't doing anything for you. Will Fuller isn't doing anything for you. Except for for throwing
1: interceptions, which was the encapsulation of what that game was for the Texans. Horrible play call.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Classic Bill O'Brien right there. But, um, you know, yeah, I I mean – wide wide open division right now there is just no way you could pick and it might be Minshew mania like you said like I mean they're they're stepping up if they can keep Jalen Ramsey happy and uh, on the field I mean they might be the favorites at this point
1: yeah and it sounds like they're not looking to trade him uh, all right the NFC South we touched on everybody in this division because they played somebody in another division that we've already talked about except for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that's really my takeaway one of my takeaways from the weekend is Jameis Winston we talked so much early on about whether or not we were going to see the Jameis Winston we knew the potential it was there with and even even with the pick six he had in the end of this game he was able to just outshoot the Los Angeles Rams who obviously have one of the better defenses in the or offenses in the league I should say and Jared Goff who throws for over 500 yards in this game but they pick him off three times I mean James looked great he had some really good throws obviously he's got maybe the best duo in Chris Godwin Uh, and Mike Evans in the league. But uh, my my takeaway here was Jameis Winston, for sure.
0: Absolutely. I think that Tampa Bay had the most impressive performance of the weekend. To go on the road against the Rams and do what they did is so, so impressive, especially with how erratic they looked in the first few weeks. And, of course, we get this week, right? Mariota and Winston go for a combined seven touchdowns and one interception. After we write them off, exactly. Right, of course. And so, you know, that's just what you're going to get out of these two. But, I I mean – there really might be a takeaway out of Tampa here that they're, that they're pretty legit. And I mean, you, I I know that, you know, the Rams obviously racked up a ton of yards golf goes for 517 passing, but you know, I, I think that this Buccaneers team might be better than people think. I mean, obviously to go on the road and do this, it, like I just, a lot of those were garbage points. They give up 20 points in the fourth quarter. They had only given up twenty through the game until then. And so I just, I, I think that Tampa is going to be a sneaky team, especially with the injuries to breeze and cam in the division and the Falcons looking like the chokers. We know they are. I mean, I, I, Tampa could win this division, I, and I I can't believe I'm saying that with Jameis Winston. I'm sure they'll find a way to prove me wrong here down the stretch. But with those two receivers against, like, let's not forget, the Rams have Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters. Like, this is not a bad defense. They shut down the the Browns the week before. Um, you know, I I don't know that this is just one of those flukes. I, I'm very interested to see how Tampa fares this week against New Orleans on the road in the Superdome.
1: Yeah, Shaq Barrett had a huge story for them as well. Nine sacks so far in the year. I mean, he's he's really been the highlight of that defense to go along with the offense, which has really shown up for the last couple of weeks. All right, sure. let's touch on the last two divisions, and we've already gone through most of the games that took place. But the AFC West, a big win for Oakland. Uh, you know, they look they look solid this past weekend. Uh Denver falls to 0 and 4. Kansas City gets the the close win over um the Lions, the Lions, like we talked about, and then the Chargers blow out Miami. I mean, I I think we pretty much covered it with the AFC West. Was there anything you took away here?
0: No, I mean, the Raiders go having to go to London next week against the Bears is obviously a great test for them because they do have two wins, no matter what you think of that team. And if you think they're a bottom feeder, I mean, they're two and two right now. So, um, you know, I wouldn't you can't just write them off out of hand. And, and, you know, now this unfortunately counts as a home game for them. They have to go to London. Um, They give up a home game for that, which sucks for them and their fans, but um, you know, that's going to be the real test. And then the chargers just decimated by injuries yet again, in addition to Derwin James, in addition to everything else, Donchell Inman now goes on the IR who knows when Mike Williams is coming back. Who knows when Hunter Henry's coming back. They do get Melvin Gordon this week but i mean it's it's a mess they obviously you know their left tackle situation is a disaster so i'm worried about the chargers they also are two and two and they're a team that was a, an afc favorite i'm i'm not sure if they're going to be able to hold that up over the course of the season
1: i don't know how you can with the amount of injuries they have uh, on the starting uh, it's crazy. In, in every position i mean they they're just so banged up right now it's going to be difficult but philip rivers he looked he looked good in spite of it obviously it's the 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 dolphins but he's looked good pretty much every single game and they should get Mike Williams back. Hopefully this week, Hunter Henry, like you said, should be back soon. So those are going to be big additions just by getting healthy and they need it badly. Okay. Let's quickly round it out with the NFC West. I mean, this you mentioned the uh, NFC North being the, possibly the best division in football. If, it, if it's not the NFC North, it certainly should be the NFC West when you look at the Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. Obviously, the Cardinals not so much, but the top three teams in this division could be duking it out late, late, late in the season. I still don't think San Francisco's for real, uh, but the Seahawks are kind of waking up, and the Rams obviously, even, even coming off of that loss, I think they're still a team to be reckoned with going forward.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I I mean, I'm not saying the Rams game was a fluke. I, I do think that the Buccaneers are pretty good, but the Rams are still awesome. And we, we know that they're going to counterpunch with Sean McVay. But, um, you know, the interesting thing to me has been Seattle. Like, they're suddenly this pass-happy attack. And, you know, obviously Chris Carson comes off the whole fumbling schneid and rattles off 104 rushing yards and has another 40 receiving yards. He was involved in a lot of different ways for them. And, you know, they've got those two receivers. I think they're a team to watch with – some of the veteran receivers that might be on the trade market, if they're able to add one to Lockett and Disley and, you know, Brown and Moore and and, you know, and DK Metcalf, I think that they become a pretty interesting passing attack beyond what they've already done. So uh, Seahawks certainly a team to watch for, at least on the offensive end on the defensive side. Yeah. They hold the Cardinals to 10, but that I think they're, they're not like our, your older brother Seahawks, basically. Like they're not that defensive. They're not based on their defense in my opinion.
1: Certainly not like they have been in the past. All right, we're going to get to the previews of each and every game. Before we do that, just wanted to remind you guys about Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Exciting football action is continuing on, and Daily Fantasy at Yahoo is better than ever this year. Yahoo Daily Fantasy just released a new $500,000 – is it new still? $500,000 contest called the $500,000 Baller that has a first prize of $50,000. dollars you got to check this one out today, fellas. And ladies, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football also has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. So once again, get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Again, that is yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. And when you make your first deposit, use promo code POD25. That's P-O-D-2-5 for $25 in free play. Again, that's POD25 for the promo code for $25 in free play. All right, aren't you? we promised we'd go through each and every game here coming up for week five. We're looking at the lines on Bovada to do so. Uh, let's start with the first game of the week, and that's the Thursday night game. And these are two teams we just, started, we just uh, talked about, the Seahawks and the Rams. This one's in Seattle, which is why they're favored here on Bovada, but one-and-a-half point favorites with a nice juicy over-under set at 49-and-a-half.
0: Oh yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the over in that. I know that it's a Thursday night game, but we might actually get two good Thursday night games in a row. Who knew it was possible Um, to get that game in Seattle, this divisional game two very much playoff hopefuls is it's going to be really interesting. Hopefully there isn't much rain in the forecast in the Pacific Northwest, but um, even if there is, I think that both running games will have a pretty good easy time getting going. Um, We're coming off a game where the Rams, you know, gave up a ton of yards to Ronald Jones and basically anything that Tampa Bay wanted. So it should be interesting to see if they're able to, if the Seahawks are able to kind of sustain that same kind of offensive attack. On the other side, you know, like I said, I think the the Seahawks are a little bit overrated, but they're they're obviously better at home. I expect a huge performance out of basically everyone in this game. I think you got to fire up pretty much everyone, aside from maybe Todd Gurley and DFS, like that would be one I stay away from, but I like everybody else.
1: What do you make of the Rams receiving core? I mean, you're starting each and every one of them, whether it's Cooks or Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, but it feels like they're kind of vulturing each other in every way.
0: Yeah, except for Cup. Cup's the one guy that's sustaining, especially in PPR. He's been really solid every game, getting double-digit targets, I believe, every week so far this season. Um, yeah, like, if you've got Cooks or Woods, it sucks, because, and I, I am a Cooks owner in some leagues, and that's that's been a problem, because you just know, like, it's just, it's hard to get two straight good weeks out of Cooks, so, um, and the same thing is true for Robert Woods, So, but, you know, On their off weeks, they're still okay. They're still like four catches, 50 yards, which isn't what you want, but they're worth it because you get like the 18, 20-point breakouts like we saw out of Woods last week with the huge 170-yard game.
1: Yeah, uh, probably not going to see a 170-yard game out of anybody on the home team in this next one as we start the 12 o'clock games, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) My Bengals are coming in as three-point favorites on Bovada. This is the one time I will say Bovada got the line Horribly wrong. Uh, but the, <laughs> the, this, the, with that being said, there are some streaming options here. Arizona has been one of the worst secondaries in the league so far this year. It's the, the, basically a Swiss cheese defense and the worst against tight ends. Uh, what do you see out of this Arizona Cincinnati game? I know it's not going to be the, the most highly rated game of the weekend, but uh, you could see some offense in this one, if nothing else.
0: I absolutely love the over. In fact, I want to make this my lock, but I won't just to not get involved with the Bengals. But I, I mean, forty-seven and a half is seems low. Like I, I mean, know the the Bengals defense has played well at on occasion, but I just like I, I mean, the Cardinals defense hasn't, and. I fully expect both teams to put up a bunch of points. Yeah, it might not be, you know, the biggest game in terms of the playoff picture, but I think there are at least five, four or five guys that you are thinking about starting in this game. I mean, Boyd, obviously, I know people are going to stay away from Andy Dalton, but, you know, do that at your own risk because the Cardinals' defense is absolutely horrible. You know, Kyler Murray is probably going to be able to throw a lot on the Bengals. Like, they're going to spread it out, and it's going to be tough for the Bengals' depth to contain, you know, all that. Then you have the two running backs that are obviously both top 10 types. So, I mean, I, I, I'm buying the over. How about you?
1: I like the over as well. It just worries me because of, you know, Cincinnati and Arizona, both coming off of teams where they combined for 13 points. Um, but their (laughs) defenses, I mean, their defenses are both terrible. I, I, I like it, and it's attractive, and you think it should hit. This is one of those games that we talked about with uh, Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay earlier in the season where you, you you expect it to be a shootout, and then it ends up being a 13-10 to 10 game. It was a Thursday night game right. where they played Carolina where we were like, this is going to be a shootout. We're going to see tons of offense, and there was very little. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens just because it looks so attractive. It's like the one thing that's jumped out at me so far. Plus, you almost picked it as your lock of the week, so I've got a. At least leave that out there that that I, I have to at least play devil's advocate when you're making of a pick course. with so much
0: confidence i yeah, I mean it's not usually a good bet in my <laughs> but i hey, I'm two and one by the way, or one and one with an asterisk, we'll say, but uh yeah, no, I think that i I don't know, I just like You've I think four the card- weeks.
1: I think you're two and two two and two, all right, that's I cool i had,
0: I mean, I had the Giants last week, so I'm feeling pretty good about that one um yeah, that was a good call. <laughs> Thank you. But now the <laughs> Bengals. I mean, I just think the Cardinals are going to want to go at a faster pace. And I don't really see the Bengals putting up much resistance to that idea because they also want to throw a ton. We saw Andy Dalton, you know, Andy Dalton's still top five in the league, I believe, in passing yards. So, you know, they're going to want to toss. I I think that both teams are going to be up and down the field. And I just think that that really, yeah, they may have scored 13 combined points, but they also gave up a combined 54. So, you know, there's it's somewhere in between that. I think that that means the over is a solid bet.
1: I like it. So is it your lock? Are you willing to say that? Are you going to hold
0: off for now? Let's let's hold off for now, but I'm I'm thinking, yeah. All right, I like that.
1: All right, what about Atlanta at Houston? These are two teams. I mean, I know we mentioned the struggles of of Atlanta Houston's had struggles of their own. These are two teams very difficult to figure out. Bovada's got it at five for the Texans in favor of the home team and forty nine. I mean, we've got a first first few games here of the weekend. We've got some high over unders for sure.
0: Yeah. And again, they might not be playoff teams, but certainly the over seems pretty interesting to me because, you know, the Texans did hold the Panthers to 16. But a lot of that was because of Kyle Allen just fumbling the ball away all game. The Falcons, like I said, like you just have no idea they're Jack LaRide and and there's just no no real feel. But, you know, you've got Ryan and Devonta Freeman and, you know, and Julio Jones and Sanu and Ridley. And then on the Texans side, all those same guys. My sleeper of the week this week is Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller is going to go off in this game. He is so due to catch a big touchdown. I think Deshaun Watson is due as well. But um, I'm I'm a huge buyer in Will Fuller this week. I think that he is going to go off on this Falcons defense. And, you know, he, he was open. He's been open the last few weeks on deep balls, and Watson's just missed him. So um, I'm, I'm expecting a big bounce back out of the Texans this, day, this game. And I, I want to make them, again, uh, I feel pretty confident in the Texans in this game. But I just I hate the Falcons so much that they would totally screw me if I picked against them, so I'm just gonna stay away.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of guys in this game who are due. You mentioned it on the Texans side of the ball. I mean, Julio Jones is coming off of his worst game of the year as well. Yeah. Calvin Ridley was yeah. almost non existent. Uh the, the Falcons Has are pretty been- yeah, he sure. has been. I mean, that, Austin Hooper's really been the story for the Falcons on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, Devontae Freeman's been pretty quiet. So the Houston Texans can't figure out their backfield. They use Carlos Hyde, and they don't really use Duke Johnson. But Duke Johnson coming off a game where he had a 40-yard run and really finally uh, outsnaps Carlos Hyde. So I think it's going to be interesting to follow those storylines of some guys who are looking to bounce back, which could, you know, if we're right about that, aren't you, which, you know, Hit or miss. Uh, But (laughs) if we're right about that, these two teams should explode for a big point outbreak. And I I, I agree with you. I like the 49 a little bit more than I like the line for either team just because I'm not confident because these two teams are Jekyll and hiding every week. So I'm with you there. All right. Let's go back to the AFC North. We've got Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming off of the shellacking of my Cincinnati Bengals and Baltimore needs a win here. They are road favorites. Bovada's got them as three and a half point favorites. And again, Baltimore really needs a bounce back here. Uh, I expect Lamar Jackson to kind of be the
0: story here. Totally agree. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. I think that it's going to be interesting to see if the Steelers try to do that whole gimmicky stuff yet again, because I just don't see the Ravens buying into it. And I think that it caught, you know, Lou Anarumo and those guys off guard a little bit from the Bengals. And I, I just don't think you can run that again. It's not like they've got, like a Ronnie Brown and the, the old Dolphins in the backfield, you know, it's, it's just not going to work the same way. So um I don't expect that to work as well with the Ravens, although their defense has sucked the last two weeks. So, um, you know, where you might've picked the Ravens as a good fantasy defense before, I don't think it's going to work here, but yeah, I mean, I, I expect Lamar Jackson fully to go on the road and do a good job here. I don't like the extra hook here like I think that Baltimore minus three makes sense minus three and a half scares me so you know if you can get him at three or two and a half I think that that makes a lot of sense and I just another guy that I expect to go off very soon is Hollywood Brown I just he's another guy that's just massively overdue he's getting so many looks getting a ton of air yards and you know he's just massively overdue for a big time game
1: he seems like that type of receiver, though. You you, you think about week one, and sure. everybody's so high on him. He's probably one of the top waiver pickups, and then he's very quiet since. But, uh, you know, that might be what you get out of him, and you take, the, you take the home runs when you get them. You know, you saw kind of that out of Calvin Ridley a lot last year. He, was, he would have a game where he'd have one catch for three yards, and then the next game he'd have nine catches for 140 and a touchdown. Uh, True. John Brown's
0: like that too. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: that could just be the type of player he is, but I I do agree with you that he is due. It's been a few weeks and he'll do it again before the year's over. That's for sure. Are Uh, you, what are your thoughts on Juju? I'm, I just, you know, I'm frustrated with Juju as a fantasy owner. I love seeing him fail as a Cincinnati Bengals fan, (laughs) but I, I just, I think Ben Roethlisberger going down pretty much killed his value as a wide receiver one. And I traded for him kind of right before we knew that. Like you know, yeah, he he's had a couple bad weeks, and I think you know Deontay Johnson is is a surprising guy, like out of out of Pittsburgh, who's really, uh, you know, he's getting the looks because everybody's focusing on Juju, and I think Juju, even though he's he, he's he looked hurt, he looked hurt in that Bengals game. Uh, I believe sure. it was a foot injury. He's questionable to play this week. I think he is. A, a step behind what he normally is and he's not able to get out of his breaks and it's making him less effective, which, you know, it, it, it's still working as a decoy because Deontay Johnson doesn't have that coverage, but you know, it, it hurts the Steelers team. And that's why they're looking at these little check down. That was so frustrating to watch these little check down passes and the shovel passes and Mason Rudolph's 19 to 20 at halftime because he's had nine shovel passes in the first round Right. He but it one ball It was over eight yards. And that's, that's yeah. perfect to do against the Bengals defense because the Bengals are good against the run, but they're just not good when people get out in space. I mean, the, the D line misses tackles so much. We've talked about it, but to your original point, Juju's hurt. I think he is, and I don't think he, I don't
0: think he's the wide receiver one that we thought he was coming into this year. If if that's the case, I mean, this line should be like five or six because that makes them. What are they then? Like, I mean, they're like a worse version of the Titans. Like, I mean, they're the Titans without a quarterback that has even proven anything. And so, and I'm a Mason Rudolph guy, you know, from college. He's, he is not that guy. They're spreading it out. They're not driving the ball down the field. And so if Juju is hurt or if he's not, you know, a wide receiver one, the Steelers are just completely screwed.
1: Yeah. Unless they continue to be creative. I just don't know if that's sustainable long-term. I mean, I think they're going to have to let Mason Rudolph figure out what he is at some point.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, being at home, maybe it gives you a little bit more liberty to run the ball and maybe it gives you a chance to get off a little bit. Their offensive line is, you know, better than other teams. And, uh, you know, maybe they're getting a feel for, for blocking up for, uh, Mason Rudolph. But I just, you know, again, I point to that first quarter against the Bengals and, and, you know, some of the other games that we've seen out of Rudolph and I, I would be very concerned if I was a Steelers fan, which thank God I'm not for my sake, health, and, yeah. uh, for my health. We sure as hell wouldn't but, be co-hosting
1: a show together. No. Tell you that much.
0: <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I, I do. I, I really like the Ravens here if, if it's round three for sure.
1: Fair enough. All right, let's move to England where Oakland will play host sort of to the uh, Chicago Bears, and it's going to be the Chase Daniels show it looks like. This is a game I'm staying away from entirely, especially with a backup quarterback. And I think that uh, Bovada sees it the same way with a forty and a half over under here.
0: Wow, yeah, very low. Um, you know, I, I mean, Chase Daniel came in and, and looked pretty good for the Bears. I thought that the offense looked more like what Matt Nagy sort of envisions it being with a lot more, I don't know. I don't know if it's all gimmicks, but you know, he's just got a really good feel. Remember Chase Daniel was, you know, the the backup for uh, Alex Smith when Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator for Andy Reid in Kansas city. So, you know, he's got a real feel for this offense and uh, I think that that's a good thing for them against teams like the Raiders who, you know, let's just call it what it is. I mean, I don't think they're terrible, but I don't think they're very good. And so playing at a neutral site, which will probably be more bears fans and Raiders fans is going to be a problem for them with a quarterback like Daniel, who's not going to lose you the game. So um, I think this is a good example of where you don't necessarily need Mitch Trubisky. And I fully expect the bears to go out there and win. I I don't, I'm with you. I don't like the line being at six with all the weirdness that happens with a London game, but um, you know, that's, that's just kind of what it is. So it's, it's, I I, yeah this is a stay away this is a game I wouldn't look at in any way I mean I I think that obviously if you've got David Montgomery or you're probably starting him for the Raiders if you have Josh Jacobs you're not super pumped about playing him but he's a little banged up too so is Tyrell Williams
1: and yeah and Carr I mean that that offense is banged up in their own right so it's just a game you 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 factor in London like you said uh you know I just, I, I, I don't know what to expect out of it. The under is probably the most attractive thing. And that f- at forty and a half, you just, you just don't trust what, you, what you're going to see out of it. It's too low.
0: Absolutely. Agreed.
1: What about Jacksonville and Carolina? These two teams came in as uh what expansion teams. I don't remember exactly what year, That's but right. it was in the nineties. Uh, we had the Mark Brunel versus Chris Winkie show at one point. Uh, yeah. But, but what do you think about Jacksonville going on the road to take on Carolina? The Panthers still under Kyle Allen are going to be three and a half point favorites as far as our, Friends at Bovada are concerned, but uh, what do you like here?
0: I think it was Kerry Collins against Mark Brunel. Kerry Collins, good call. Yeah, Um, but yeah, no, uh, did you say it was three and a half at Bovada? Yes. Yes, all right. Well, yeah, I I mean, I love the Panthers here. I would buy that to three and make that my lock of the week. I, I mean, I think that... The Jaguars are totally playing with house money right now with Minshew. I'm so impressed with what they've done going into Denver. I totally believed in Denver getting off the schneid and getting the one and three. It looked like they would for a while. This Jacksonville team with Jalen Ramsey out, their defense, not that good. And, you know, Joe Flacco had his way with them. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton's been awesome. But he, you know, to do what he did against the Jaguars is not what you would expect going into that game. So if Jalen Ramsey's out again, which not sure if he is or not, but if he is, um, you know, I, I think that the Panthers with Kyle Allen have a field day. And again, they scored only 16 at Houston last week. But I think part of that was, again, because of all the fumbles. And I just I think that they're way too talented to only score that much. So I really like Carolina here.
1: This is a stay away from me only because we don't know what Kyle Allen we're going to we're going to get week in and week out, as we've seen just the last couple of weeks. And Gardner Minshew is due to have that rookie game. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's. you're you're, you've seen all the hype we've all seen the t-shirts we've all seen the mustache we've seen the gimmicks but it's just gonna happen eventually where he has five turnovers and we're like okay well that's why that's why this guy was a sixth round pick i love it and i hope it doesn't happen but Mm -hmm. it's going to at some point inevitably
0: i yeah i'm with you i like him but look he he goes to denver and he completes 19 of 33 for 200 yards and two touchdowns i mean that's fine that, but you know, that's, that's not going to get it done in Carolina against a team that wants to make the playoffs badly and has a good chance of doing it. Um, again, with that division, so banged up, including themselves, but you know, Kyle Allen with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey, most importantly, I would buy the half point for Carolina and hammer that.
1: And it's still your lock of the week. If you can't buy the half point, you can, <laughs>
0: but yes. Yeah. It if, would, you could, I, if you couldn't, if I couldn't, then it's I still like that right. the other over that we talked about more. But okay. it's-
1: well, why don't you just parlay the two? Because aren't you just on fire two weeks in a row? this <laughs> guys lighting it up. So just take oh, his advice, will you? I know Let I will. Me.
0: Oh, God. All no. right. Minnesota
1: at New York, the Giants. These are two teams trying to find their identity, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Is Danny Dimes for real? Is Kirk Cousins dead? What's going on here with these two teams, aren't you? <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Um, This is a really interesting confluence of teams because you've got the Giants totally on the way out. Their fans are super pumped, won two games in a row for the first time in like two years. And you got the Vikings, who looked terrible, as we talked about earlier. So, you know, this is a really tough one. I really like the Giants plus the five and a half. I think they're going in the right direction and the Vikings are going the wrong. I mean, look, this is a get right game for Minnesota. But as of now, I don't expect Stefan Diggs to play. So now you've got yeah, tell me ones more ones.
1: about this. We were talking about this before the show. I, th- I don't know if our listeners will have heard about it by the time they're uh, listening to our show, but I know this is a storyline you've been keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah. So Stefan Diggs hasn't been talking to the media, hasn't done it for two weeks. Um, obviously frustrated with the Kevin Stefanski offense, which obviously wants to run the ball to an extreme degree on top of that. Kirk cousins has been an unmitigated disaster this year, especially in division and you know, North Turner has, or I'm sorry. Uh, um, Gary Kubiak's offensive consulting hasn't really helped. Even though Dalvin Cook has been absolutely incredible, they just can't pass, get the pass going. So, you know, Thielen complaining about Kirk Cousins not passing the ball, Kirk Cousins apologizing to him in the media, and now Stefan Diggs not practicing for undisclosed non-injury-related reasons. So the rumor is out there that Stefan Diggs is going to get traded potentially this week, and if that happens, you know, I mean, this team. There is no number two receiver on Minnesota, so um, you know, just from like a, a points perspective, I'm just not sure how they get it going. If with a with a coach that has never passed the ball, really, from when John D. Filippo gets fired late last season till now, so um, it's going to be very interesting because the Giants are liable to give up big plays, but you know, without Diggs and with a, uh, an offensive player that doesn't want to pass, it's going to be very tough.
1: Definitely a storyline to watch. All right, this this will. Probably – I'm just going to pre-call this one my dumpster fire of the week. We've got New England going on the road to take on Washington. Uh-huh. Bovada had the line at 16, and now it's black – or grayed out, I should say. I, I I don't know what that means. I guess it means you can't bet it. Um yeah. But New England, I mean, I, 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 do I take them in a survivor poll? I just the, – the Redskins are in such dismay right now. I, I think Jake Rudin has gone like we talked about. I, I They're a mess.
0: They are a mess. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you don't want to save New England, which I would save them, but yeah, this that's, is, that's this is, gonna do. yeah, this is the lock uh, for sure of the week. If you're picking just like a, not the line, but just the, the game, but all, even the line too. Like, I mean, what are the chances that the skins go into this game at home where they barely have had a home field advantage this year and beat the Patriots? Like what are the, even cover against the Patriots? We don't even know who their quarterback is yet. It looks like it's probably going to be Colt McCoy because Case Keenum's in a walking boot, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I of, doubt that as of Wednesday night, as of Wednesday night. And, you know, and, you know, Haskins, like, he, I, you don't want to throw him to the wolves against this defense. This defense looks like it might be the best of the Belichick era, which is saying something. I mean, th- thus far, and they haven't played anyone. But, you know, it's just. This sucks. Just avoid this game. I mean, unless you've got like Sony Michel, who's probably going to go for like 400 yards. He's due, speaking of people who are due. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: All right, another one to probably avoid. Jets on the road taking on the Eagles. Battle of the the, the teams that were green, I guess. But uh, the Eagles 13.5-point <laughs> favorites on Bovada. This one's got an over-under at 44. I, I mean, I, I kind of – even though the Jets' defense is not the worst – with their quarterback situation, I expect Philadelphia to, to win this one. I, I kind of like that thirteen and a half, even though that seems like a really big line here.
0: I agree, especially if Sam Darnold doesn't play. And even if he does, apparently he's extremely weak. He hasn't been lifting. I mean, it's going to be tough for the Jets. Uh, but, you know, having a bye usually helps. And they'll have a decent game plan to control the ball. And I, I don't know. But I, I still feel like the Eagles are going to dominate this game. I'm with you. Um, the one thing I will say is their secondary looked – horrendous I mean like I know it's Rodgers and Adams and you know they're not exact Darnold and Robbie Anderson aren't exactly Rodgers and Adams but like they like I, like I said Devonte Adams could have set the reception record in that game I truly believe that if the Packers were smart and gave him the ball as much as they should have and you know that is not a good sign for the Eagles so I, I mean if the Jets are even remotely healthy they could score enough to keep this you know, back durable. but, but if, if it's Luke Falk, forget it, man, it is the Eagles all day. It should be the Eagles by like 16 and a half, if that's the case.
1: Agreed. All right. We've got one last game at the 12 o'clock slot, Tampa Bay at new Orleans. This is a big in division game. The bucks go in as three point underdogs on Bovada, the over under at 46 and a half. So again, they expect this to be one another shootout for the bucks the third in a row.
0: Yeah, and Bovada and everyone else seems to believe in these bucks cuz this implies that they are even teams right now. And I mean, that's a strong statement for Tampa to to do what they did uh against the Rams and then come in here after what the Saints did to the Cowboys who were absolutely crushing it. So, as we talked about earlier. So, um I I like the Saints. I think that they are going to get the job done again at ta- against Tampa at home even though Tampa's got, you know, the weapons. I just feel like, you know, winning that game in new Orleans and that house of horrors is a major problem for a team like Tampa. So I do like the saints, even though, even with the hook,
1: what about fantasy wise, do you think Godwin and Mike Evans could keep it up and and what do you make of the backfield situation in Tampa?
0: Yeah. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore did a really good job against Amari Cooper last week, totally shut him down. Um, So I think that, you know, I'm guessing he won't travel. Chris Godwin's been a little bit banged up both of the last two weeks, but um, obviously expect him to play again after what he did last week against the Rams, even while being questionable all week um my guess is Lattimore's on Evans but you're you're starting both of them right like I mean and again before last week the Saints were just getting crushed by quarterbacks every single week so um I I think that Winston's still okay not great but he's okay on the road and so um while he'll probably throw a couple picks he's liable to throw three touchdowns because of how good those two guys are so um I like those I like all of them um not sure about Ronald Jones in this game. I think that the Saints' defensive front is a little bit underrated, so um, I don't expect them to uh, to get a lot, of, give up a lot of running room the way that they did. Uh, they performed against Zeke.
1: Fair enough. All right, let's uh, real quick before we get to the three o'clock and then the late games, we've only got a few in that uh, slot. Let's just pause for just a second for a message from our friends over at Podcast One. Football season is here, and it's time to dominate the competition with your fantasy picks. And R.J. Bell's Dream Preview on Podcast One Sportsnet is your secret weapon to victory.
0: I said the fact they didn't run enough in week one tells me this guy is so confident he wants to hide his strength. No matter the matchup, R.J.'s got you handled with
1: top-notch analysis for the best NFL picks around. Now, is that true or not? I don't know. Very optimistic.
0: Download R.J. Bell's Dream Preview every week on Apple Podcasts and PodcastOne.com.
1: All right, Anshu, let's get back to it. We've got a few more games to get through, and then we'll touch on just a little bit of baseball. We still have to hear who Shoe Sleepers of the Week are or Sleeper. Uh, But before we get to that, let's go to Denver and the Los Angeles Chargers. We talked about what the Chargers have been facing as far as injuries, but Denver has not looked great in their own right. And for good reason, they come in as six-and-a-half-point dogs on the road to L.A. on Bovada.
0: Yeah, and kind of a light line in my opinion. Even though the Chargers have been banged up like crazy, I I think that you know the Broncos. It's pretty clear they're not an 0 and 4 team. You know they're they're definitely a step above that. They're probably just as good, if not better, than the 2 and 2 Raiders. So that's this is just one of those things where you don't necessarily look at the record. Even though the Broncos did lose to the Raiders on opening night, Um, I love the Chargers here. I, I know that you know you can never trust them, but. I just, Melvin Gordon's back. I just, I think the, the Broncos are in a really bad place right now. A world of suck as Emmanuel Sanders put it. (laughs) And I just, I, 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 I mean, they'll be able to get home on Phil rivers, I think because of the bad offensive line of the chargers, but, Um, Those two running backs, Eckler and Gordon, I think will have a good day. And with Bradley Chubb out, that's going to be a major issue for the Denver Broncos in terms of rushing the passer. I would agree
1: with that. All right. I know you couldn't wait to talk about your Green Bay Packers, but they are underdogs this week. They go to Dallas. Dallas looking to bounce back after a tough loss. Who do you like, aren't you? And be honest here with this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think the Cowboys are going to do it. Aaron Rodgers does own Dallas in every single way, but in, in on the road. But there, I without Devonte Adams I, and it looks like Michael Gallup is going to play for Dallas. I, I just I don't know how Green Bay goes in and does it without an absolutely virtuoso performance by Rodgers. So um, while I really like, I think that the over is, is kind of intriguing at 47. Um, I I think that you know Rodgers will try to get it going, turn it up a notch, but. Um, I I fully expect Kellen Moore to get back on track after a bad, bad play calling experience last week in new Orleans. So I do think that the Cowboys are going to get the job done against green Bay.
1: You think green Bay's defense is for real. I think that's the storyline for me in this game. They obviously had a couple great games and outings to start the season and they haven't looked quite as good, especially this past week. Can they do it against Dallas? I mean, I, it, to me, it's it's one of these two things is is true. Either Dak is for real or Green Bay's defense is for real. And we're going to find out this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great call. Um, you know, if Green Bay's defense is able to go in there and hold them under 20, let's say 21, um, I think that's a really good sign for them going forward. I think they could do that and still lose. I mean, they could lose 20 to 17, you know, without Adams there for the Packers. But, you know, it, I, I, I kind of think that both might be true that both Dak is good and the Packers defense is good, but I think it's a great call because, um, you know, I, I just, this is a good chance for the Packers defense to show, you know, after the game to a man, they basically said like that, you know, that that game was a fluke and, um, against the Eagles and that, you know, they would show that it was, but I, I, I just think that the way the Cowboys look the first few weeks of the season, if they're anything like that, it's going to be really tough. And the Packers have hemorrhaged yards to running backs this year. Every single back they go up against or backfield, aside from week one against the Bears, has just torn them up. So, I mean, I would definitely tee up Zeke in every single format, DFS, whenever you've got I think that he's going to have, you know, we're kind of waiting for that big Zeke game. I feel like this is going to be the one
1: which it doesn't fare well for your Packers,
0: but it would help no. me. So <laughs> I'll take it. Um, <laughs>
1: all right, Sunday night. We I got like the...
0: both those running backs, by the way, because if you look, yeah. uh, Matt LaFleur Le- played against the Cowboys last year, and um, Dion Lewis had an absolutely monster game, and I think that that could be the same thing again with Aaron Jones as a pass catcher this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, tell me. I, I'm, I'd be happy to see that. I'd be happy to see <laughs> a shootout in this game like you expect. I, <laughs> all right. I think so. All right, Colts Chiefs Sunday Night Football. Chiefs a big favorite here, eleven points. Uh, I, I mean, I think the Colts or the Chiefs bounce back, but Indianapolis also banged up. Marlon Mack was questionable uh, going into last week. He's still a little bit banged up. Ty Hilton looks like he may not play again. Obviously, they're going to the bye next week, so they might want to sit him out.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think that they might do that, and if they do, the eleven is. Good luck with that. And I mean, the over under 56 is wild because if T Y Hilton's not playing, I don't see how the Colts score. And I, honestly, I don't see the chiefs having like a 40 point performance against this Matt Eberflus defense. I know that they didn't look great against the Raiders last week, but that feels, that feels like a little bit fluky. And, um, well, I, I mean, obviously I agree that the Chiefs are going to get back on track from a win, by the way. Um, you yeah. know, I, I, 56 seems high for this game, no matter what. Cause even if they get down 24 or three or 24 or nothing or something, they're just going to run the ball. Um, so I, I kind of like the under actually in this game.
1: I like that. All right. Last game of the week is Monday night football. The Cleveland Browns at the San Francisco 49ers. It's time to find out. And I think we talked about this a few weeks back, whether or not you'd rather have Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. And I posed the question to you and you said Baker Mayfield, But I still think it's a fair question, and I'm excited to see them prove who the better man is on Monday night because these teams are really in a position, in my opinion, that we need to figure out which one of them is for real, if either of them. I don't think they're – Browns are closer to being for real to me, and that's just because they're coming off – that's recency bias coming off of that win on the road against Baltimore, who we thought had a good defense, but maybe they don't. And San Francisco has not really had a true test, in my opinion.
0: I mean – That's a fact Uh, San Francisco at Tampa was week one. I mean, if you look back at that, that might've actually been a pretty decent win. we'll see how that manifests itself going forward, but played Pittsburgh basically without Roethlisberger played Cincinnati. And we know we talked about the tackling in that game. So, um, you know, San Francisco, I, I, I'm really interested to see if their defense is for real. This is a great test for both, and I mean it's similar to what you said about Dak versus the Packers defense. Is it Baker or this San Francisco defense? Um, And you know, we really, even though the Niners are three and zero, we haven't seen a whole lot out of this offense. So. I, this is one of the more interesting Monday night games we'll have this season, and that's a very low bar. But I think that it it really is going to be an interesting game, and um, you know, potentially a crossroads game for both teams, especially the Browns, who you know, after that win, can they continue that momentum? I think they can. I actually really like them plus three and a half in this game.
1: I kind of do too. I I just don't trust San Francisco, and I, they may get Tevin Coleman back, which should help. But it also kind of muddies the waters. That backfield now has four guys who you want to get carries. Maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. ends up being the odd man out there. But again, you've got three running backs at the very least that you're going to get, try to get the ball to. And I just don't, I don't love that. I think the running back by committee for two is, is pretty common around the league. But when you, when you make it three, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that they, or even they really four. are. Diff- yeah. That's that, they, they it,
0: use Raheem Mostert too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so we'll see. I, I don't know. Don't know if I, I love San Francisco yet, uh, and they 're going to get an opportunity to prove me wrong if this if they win this one at home and cover that three and a half I'm, maybe i 'm starting to become a believer in San Francisco being for real
0: yeah, I mean it, it they're going to be tested these next two games they have Cleveland on Monday night and then they go turn around to Sunday and they play at the Rams so you know if they come out of that split and they 're four and one with a win you know over one of those two teams going to Washington. Uh, I think we can safely say the Niners are very much in the playoff discussion um, and probably the division discussion, but until that point it's going to be tough. And again, I, you know, we all are magnetized to offense or magnetized to fantasy points. And if, you know, if they're not putting them up, it's just going to be tough to believe in them until that actually happens.
1: I would agree. All right. We made it through that's week five. That's our thoughts. Uh, I did want to just real quick get to the leftovers here on you? because we did have the MLB playoffs get underway with the two wild card games and, uh yesterday i guess as we're recording on uh tuesday we're recording on wednesday game on tuesday
0: washington with the comeback over milwaukee
1: i mean this is one of the best games of the year am i wrong
0: no that it was incredible uh the brewers basically had it in hand they bring in maybe the best reliever in baseball and josh Hader, and he promptly tees it up and jo- Juan soto just absolutely blows it out of the park so um gets a three-run homer an absolutely amazing game um you know i so impressed with the Nationals to come back and win that game. I'm not sure what they'll have in the tank left after using both Scherzer and Strasburg for that game. But, um, you know, kudos to them for emptying their holster because they absolutely needed those innings out of Strasburg after Scherzer gave up a couple runs early. But credit to the Brewers for doing what they did after their MVP was out and still gutting out, winning that division or I'm sorry, winning the, uh, the wild card.
1: Yeah, and almost winning that wild card game. All right, the Tampa Bay Rays with a 5-1 to win over the Athletics on Wednesday night. Uh is the Rays team for real at all on you? I mean, are you are you buying them at all moving forward?
0: Uh, I you know I'm a fan of them, um but I I think that, you know, they're perfectly set up for a one-game playoff and much less well set up for a playoff series, especially you know, not having home field advantage against the team like the Astros. I mean, if they win game one, it just like any series, um, you know, it becomes very, very interesting. But just like the the arms that the Astros get to throw at you over and over and over again with Cole and Verlander and Granky and, you know, everybody else that they have, it's so difficult. So um, I think this is where uh, the dream comes to an end for the Rays. But to win that game is is really impressive for them.
1: All right. Let's just predict the ALDS and the NSDS or NLDS matchups real quick. And I'll, I'll give you the mic here. I just want to hear your thoughts. We've got St. Louis at Atlanta and Washington at Los Angeles starting on Thursday. And then on Friday, we've got Tampa at Houston, as you just alluded to, and uh, Minnesota at New York. Uh, how do you kind of see these series shaking out? And we'll save the rest for a week from today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the most interesting, clearly, of these series is the Braves and the Cardinals, um, just because, you know, I, I think that everyone sort of assumes that the Yankees and Astros will end up doing it, and you know, the Dodgers are just so well set up now because the Nationals did burn Or If if they didn't have to, it be that would become much more interesting to me. But um, Braves-Cardinals is a very even matchup. I do like the Braves. I think that they're young and hungry and they have the arms to beat the Cardinals. But the Cardinals outlasted the, the Cubs and Brewers and Reds in a really good division. So, um, you know, they're battle-tested, certainly. But I just, I really like what Atlanta has, even with Jack Clarity likely going twice for their Cardinals. I still, I'm still buying the Braves in that, in that series.
1: Who do you ultimately think wins it all? I know we said we're going to save the uh, NLCS and ALCS, but do you, do you still like Houston? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's just like, if I said the anything arms, else, I mean, it, yeah,
1: I mean the, the arms are just, they're just, the starting pitching is, is crazy.
0: It is. But then, you know, Bregman, Brantley, Springer, Correa, you know, all the <laughs> Altuve, like, um, your boy, the, the rookie, the Jordan Alvarez, like, I mean, they mm-hmm. have, they are so loaded in every single possible way, except for maybe their bullpen is average. Um, but even then they can use those starters out of the pen. And so, and they've got a really forward thinking, um, you know, manager in front of office in AJ Hinch and those guys. So um, it's just, they're the perfect storm. The only team that I think the only two teams that could beat them are the Yankees and the Dodgers. And if those three teams aren't in the final four, I will be stunned.
1: All right. Well, baseball is here. I mean, I know we're in the heart of football season, but people have to love October after the first two games we've seen here in these playoffs. And even if you're not a fan of any of the teams like you and I aren't, uh, we'll sure be watching some baseball here in the next couple of weeks. I think that's, uh, I think that's fair
0: to say. For sure. And the NBA right around the corner, baby. So yeah, this is the be best two, month, the only weeks. month. Yeah, this is the only month where every one of the major sports all gets go, all get going. You got college football getting going um, into the, you know, where we really can separate the contenders from non contenders. And, um, you know, you know, I've I've got that Buckeyes Badgers game circled at the end of the month. So October is the absolute best sports month of the calendar.
1: Not to mention hockey starting today.
0: Oh yeah, sure, <laughs> huge, huge Hawks guy. What do we think? Hawks Stanley Cup this year? with yeah, Cup mean, champs?
1: Dave's and Kane. <laughs>
0: gainer you got you yeah. got
1: yeah they're probably gonna suck but uh you know <laughs> you never know I mean we'll watch a game if they make the playoffs I'm sure
0: absolutely every game if they watch, make the playoffs
1: all right, aunttie we went a little long but we kind of crammed two shows into one uh hopefully if you guys don't have time to listen to all of it you can just break it into two shows like we did so there you go that's an option <laughs> absolutely anything you wanted to add oh by the way anything you never gave me your sleepers of the week why don't you close us out with
0: that Oh, I gave you Will Fuller this week, oh, baby. Yes, I did. think that's that right. Will Fuller has an absolutely massive game this week. So circle that guy.
1: Fire him up. That's my DFS play. I, just, I honestly just do this show so I can get Onshu's advice. That's 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 <laughs> <What>? the honest <laughs> to God
0: truth. That's so untrue. It's basically to just troll me when I lose all of them, which is fair.
1: Totally and, uh, well, we'll see. We've got a big matchup this weekend, and I wish you the best of luck. But congratulations on the win. I want to do that and let our <laughs> listeners hear it here first. For Anshu I am Josh Dunn. This has been the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour where our time has come to an end. We'll see you guys next week.